We still have several weeks of winter, but it's safe to say at this point, this has been a cold winter, at least across the Columbia Basin of Washington and Oregon. What sort of impact is that having on area row crops? Joining us on the PNW Ag Network hotline is Washington State University's Dr. Tim Waters. And Tim, thank you so much for the time. I know it hasn't been record-breaking cold, but colder than we've seen over the last couple of winters. What sort of impact, if any, has that had on local row crops? Yeah, yeah. So it has been it has been relatively cold compared to what we've experienced the last few winters. Uh, particularly, if you look back, we had a, a really good cold snap in December, and then it was relatively cold recently too. Um, so the I think what we'll, we'll probably see a net benefit of that cold weather. And the main thing that I would I would assume is going to happen, or not assume, I'm, I'm 99% sure is going to happen, is we will have a much significant, much much lower prop, much less of a problem with volunteer potatoes this year than we have the last several seasons. So, and and you know, I think you and I have talked about this before. So, volunteer potatoes are basically, you know, when we grow a potato crop and we go in and dig that potato crop, not all the tubers make it out of the field. Some fall under between the chains, some fall off the back of the digger. And, you know, the, those tubers that get left behind, if it doesn't, if the temperatures don't get sufficiently cold at the depth that those tubers are buried, then they'll sprout as plants the next year. And, of course, we don't want potato plants in fields that aren't potato fields for, for a few reasons. They, they become a weed in that field. But the more important part is they become a reservoir, a potential reservoir for diseases and a host for insects. And to kind of, you know, go over that further, so late blight is something we, we sometimes encounter in the Columbia Basin, and coal piles, but also volunteer potatoes can be a source of inoculum for, for, for late blight, which is a significant issue. So if we don't have many volunteer potatoes around, that reduces the likelihood, it doesn't guarantee, but it reduces the likelihood that we'll have late blight. I think probably the one that we'll see the most significant impact on is Colorado potato beetle. So when we have a lot of Colorado potato, when we have a lot, excuse me, we have a lot of volunteer potatoes in non-potato fields, the potato beetles that were present at the end of this last season overwinter in the soil. And when they come out of the soil in the spring, they start feeding on those volunteer potatoes, which is not a problem in that current field. But the real problem is that they build up in numbers because they're not controlled in those fields. So when they're not controlled in those fields and they build up in numbers, that once those volunteer potatoes are consumed or killed or, or desiccated because the, the crop that's in that field, let's say a, a corn field or a wheat field, um, once those volunteer potato plants are eliminated, then that larger population of Colorado potato beetle can now immigrate into a, a current season production field. And, and what we find is when they're making that move, the, the at plant insecticides are at such a low concentration that they're no longer effective. So what we'll probably see in a year like this, where a lot of those volunteer potato or those seed pieces of potatoes froze out, is that when those potato beetles emerge in the field that they were last year, they're not going to find a host. So they're not going to find potatoes in that field. They'll, they will then migrate into the current season production field, which would seem like it could be a problem. But since the, since the potatoes that will be planted this year will be treated with an in-furrow or a seed piece treatment insecticide, when they move into that field earlier than they would have if there were volunteers around, then they will be exposed to a toxic dose of an insecticide, and most of that first generation will be killed by that by that yeah, map plant insecticide. So it'll it'll result in fewer Colorado potato beetles in most production regions in the Columbia Basin. 
Tim, you've talked a lot about potatoes. What impact, if any, will these cold temperatures have on onions, let's say for on thrips, for example? You know, I don't think so. And, um, you know, what we might see is a slower buildup to those populations. So there may be initially lower populations, but insects um, have evolved a couple different mechanisms to survive winters. And, um, you know, even though some of those extremes may have an impact on a few individuals, there will still be sort of founders of the populations that will get going, but they may just be delayed a little bit. You know, insects, they 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 have some avoidance strategies where they dig into the ground and stuff like that to avoid extreme temperatures, and they actually uh, can change their their um, their their metabolism, of course, which they slow their metabolism way down. But they also have some biochemistry that prevents them from freezing, where they they produce what's called ice nucleating agents and uh, cryoprotectants, which basically protect the cells in the insect from freezing. Uh, so they've evolved that those mechanisms over you know over centuries of or centuries of uh, hundreds of thousands of years of living and, and adapted to to cold climates. So the other the, the other thing that's sort of been interesting that may have an, a, a less direct impact is if we see so a lot of the insects we in our annual crops, you know the the insects overwinter typically outside of those fields, and so. They, they rely extensively on, on host and non-crop areas, host plants and non-crop areas. So if we see some of those host plants didn't do so well over the winter, then that may reduce the, the number of insects. So there could be another um, kind of uh, another impact that, that's not so well understood. And we, we kind of understand that like with potato psyllids and potatoes, the potato psyllids will overwinter on, uh, on non-potato non crop uh, weedy plants. If those weedy plants don't do so well, then the psyllid populations will be lower and they might immigrate into potato fields a little bit later. So, you know, there's there's a lot of insects that we deal with and we don't understand those relationships with a lot of the insects. But we do with potato psyllids and like the lysium uh, plants that they that they persist on in the winter. So, you know, you know, we, we will be monitoring those situations. If for for folks that don't know, we have our, our WSU pest alerts that Dr. Kerry Wola puts together, and, and we send those out on a weekly basis during the growing season. So potato growers and other growers that you know have similar insect threats could get some, some you know, timely information on that.